Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Ready! <laughs> Buffalo Bills game day on the Buffalo Bills radio network. All right, here we go, here we go. We gotta have a drive. 23 left, 23 left. It's time for the post-game show with Shope and the Bulldogs. Hi, everybody, and Happy New Year. This is going to be some week. The Bills will play for a fourth straight AFC East title next weekend in Miami. Buffalo surviving might be a good word for this game, 27-21 against New England. I mean, early in the game, the Patriot turnovers, Bailey Zappi and the Pats did not look ready for this. And everybody would have been saying it's just not much of a lead, though, with all the gifts the Bills got and, you know, created uh, Douglas Playmaker. I mean, just plays made by these these defensive players to build that lead, but it felt light, right? And it turned out that it was really just enough. I mean, offensively, there's a lot to talk about here and just what the Bills are uh, going into a game for the division title and a massively different outlook you know, going into the playoffs. But what matters is they got it. Miami is still playing. I feel like this has scoregami potential. 56-19 Baltimore with under a minute to go. Tua got hurt. He left this game with a left shoulder injury. Now, I've not been watching it. I'm not. I'm in the work studio here. We don't have... We're, we're glad to have one television, okay? So I'm not watching this. It's on now once the Bills game ended. But I'm watching the play-by-play as I'm watching the Bills on TV. And Miami had the ball down 42-19, I guess. Fourth and 13 at their own, like, 25 or something. Way in their own end. And they went for it. You know, this is one where coaches almost never do that. Like, the game is kind of over. They had a big comeback win there last year. I Again, just watching the data only. And Tua ran for 10 yards, and that was his last play. So I know nothing about how serious it is, but I know he left the game, and Bradley Chubb also was carted off uh, in this game late for the Dolphins. So there's lots of, a lot of information we still need here. Let's get to Josh Allen. I was extremely. I, I was just off, um, just trying to find a rhythm early. Just couldn't seem to find one. You know, Felt like we got into a little bit of a, a groove in the third and fourth quarter. Got to start better than that. Um, but yeah, it's it's never fun throwing incomplete pass after incomplete pass, and um, 
just got to find a way early on to, to get our guys more involved. Josh, what do you think, what, what, what really attributed to, to the slow start? You guys been on fire the past three games. What, what attributed to the slow start? I think they had a good game plan. I think they did a good job of um, rushing and just making me feel some stuff at my feet and just, again, got the timing off just ever so slightly, and that's all, all it really takes. And uh, they played good coverage in the back end. Um, Play to Kincaid was kind of one that we've kind of been waiting for all year, getting him downfield like that. Can you just maybe what happened on that play to make it make it work? Yeah, I'm not sure if they it looked like cover zero. Um, they don't typically run it that far on, on our side of the field, um, so I don't know if it was a, a bust on their side or not. Safety ran with the back, and there was just kind of nobody over the top or in the middle, and uh, you know got my eyes there, and Dalton ran a heck of a route and, and finished the play. You also had digs deep, and you, you could tell you, you felt like you had him there. What did you see on that one? Yeah, I just, just missed him. That's plain and simple. Dalton also set the Bills rookie reception record today. Just what has he meant to this offense you know, throughout this season? I mean, he's been extremely consistent, um, very smart finding zones. Um, and it doesn't feel like he's a rookie. you know. And uh, Again, getting him more involved downfield, it's something that we've been looking to do, and he did a little bit of that tonight. Um, and we're going to need that going forward. How much do you think that things up on offense going into next week? No, oh, big time, big time. The division's on the line. We understand going there. Um, you know, we got to be at the top of our game, you know, playing against this team. So got to have a really good week of practice. Um, and then, again, just put our best stuff on the field next week. With all that's happened this year, and then here you are going to Miami, AFC East on the line. I mean, it's just after this game. But what are your thoughts of all that coming down and you guys having a shot to, to get the AFC East again? Yeah, um, obviously would love to, to have a home game um, in the playoffs. Would love to get in the playoffs. So that's first and foremost. Um, just doing whatever we can do to, to give ourselves a chance of getting in. Did it feel like that throw to Kincaid that I referenced? Did that maybe kind of wake you guys up a little bit? Maybe that was a play that got you going? Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, that one felt good coming out of the hand. Um, like I said, just didn't find it um, that much early, early today, you know, coming off the hand. and. It's a weird, weird feeling as a quarterback when you're throwing the ball and it's just not spinning the way you want it to spin. And just again, trying to trying to reset and, and find um, those techniques that help you out in the off season, um, and just getting back to some of that. So um, still got to continue to work on it. How crazy was the first quarter with the defense getting all the turnovers? Long, that was one of the longest quarters I've ever been a part of. Um, you know, three possessions down there in the first first quarter. And we only scored one touchdown, so that's that's not good enough on our end. We got to be better prepared to to go and get six and seven there. And um, again, we, we we lucked out, and our defense played a heck of a game. Um, yeah, we got just trying to find a way to win. That's it. You found Shakira a couple more times for big plays today. His ability to sort of find open pocket top places. That yeah, I mean he he's always where he's supposed to be. He he runs everything extremely hard. Um, got a lot of trust in him. He's been working extremely. Extremely hard throughout the season, uh, and he just continues to find himself in opportune moments. Josh, there wasn't a ton of step on the field for the first two offensive series of the second half. Was there any specific reason for that? Um, not quite sure. Uh, I know we were we run the ball a little bit more, and just kind of that personnel was what was in. Um, so yeah, I guess. Josh Allen and the Bills beat the Patriots twenty-seven twenty-one to force a showdown in Miami next weekend for the AFC East title and the two seed overall in the AFC, which means, of course, one home game, if not more, could even be three if you uh, 
if, if things fall right for you. Um, a loss there, and assuming the Bills get in the playoffs anyway, which is not a safe assumption necessarily yet, but it's likely, uh, then of course you're going on the road and maybe you'll have to three times to uh, to reach the Super Bowl. So huge difference, um, as we've been talking about. And really, you know, due, due respect to Micah Hyde, who said everybody wrote the Bills off in week one. You know, that's kind of how players talk sometimes. Of course, it's far from true. Um, we've been talking about this, though, for a few weeks. I mean, since Kansas City, the Bills lose the game in Philadelphia, and then the bye, they get the game in Kansas City, and it's sort of pointing toward week 18, you know, optimistically. And that's, you know, with the Dolphins needing to have dropped a couple, which ultimately they do. Losing to Tennessee. Remember that night game the Dolphins lost with the big lead, improbably to Tennessee, and then here today just seemingly outclassed by the Ravens who lock up the one seed in the conference with this uh, 56-19 to win. Quite a score. I'm Mike Shope. Happy New Year. You can reach me at 716-803-0550. There's a lot to talk about from scenarios and this game in Miami to when they'll play it. Uh, seems possible, at least, that the game could be flexed to prime time. That could be Sunday night. That could even be Saturday night. Uh, but I think, you know, as we'll try to talk about and make sense of over the course of the next hour plus here, just what the league wants there. You want an important game, of course, and this would be that. Um, I think the perfect game for the NFL is winner goes to the playoffs, loser doesn't. So this wouldn't be that, probably. I mean, Miami's clinched. Bills may have may be able to clinch by the end of today. Um, so there might be a better option there, whether it's Texans, Colts. i got to figure out just what their wins today meant to their chances. They're both still in it. Indianapolis and Houston, Jacksonville also winning in the AFC South. So everybody wins there to get to 9-7. and seven. Kansas City is playing Cincinnati coming up here in just a few minutes. That game is in the, the late window, and the Chiefs have a 9-6 and six record. They have the edge on the AFC South teams in the tiebreakers, too, if it ends up you know, being tied between Kansas City and whoever wins that division. The Chiefs would be the higher seed, the three seed. That's as high as they can go. Soon enough, we'll have Sean McDermott's Coach's Podium Press Conference brought to you by Northtown Automotive. Whatever you're looking for, you'll find it at northtownauto.com. If you didn't know, it was said on CBS that McDermott made the decision to not put the Dolphins-Ravens score on the scoreboard all day. I guess he didn't want, maybe, hopefully he'll be asked about it, Um I don't know if the media even know that because they're not watching the game on CBS like I was. But, yeah, like McDermott said, apparently, reportedly, not to put the score on the scoreboard. And I don't know. <laughs> I would. I wanted Allen to be asked how he found out that the Dolphins lost. Like, really? You're at the stadium. You've probably got people around you with a TV on that game or just everybody's on their phone to see how it was going. The Dolphins scored right away. And, you know, it was interesting for about a half, maybe not even, before it was obviously going to be Baltimore's game. I say that forgetting that they beat the Ravens last year coming from 21 down late. But still, like, it was it was really Baltimore's game pretty much throughout. After the 7 nothing uh, Dolphin early lead there. Let's get you the Skyworks stats of the game. Skyworks equipment rental, building America from the ground up. This is Allen's first game 
without a passing touchdown regular season since the middle of last season. The game at the Jets when he was hurt at the end, the long pass to uh, Davis, that game he did not throw a touchdown pass, and he didn't either today, but he ran for two, giving him 15, tied with Jalen Hurts for the most in the league um, among quarterbacks ever. Hurts also this year. Philadelphia losing at home today to Arizona, by the way. And Allen is one off the franchise record. O.J. Simpson in 1975, not even his 2,000-yard season. 1975, he ran for 16 touchdowns. Allen, incredibly, he's second all-time in the category, and he's up to 15 for the season with one game left. 11 for 44 and 2 is what he goes for on the ground. James Cook, 16 for 48, one catch for minus four. Second game in a row where he did not get much out of James Cook. Ty Johnson was interesting uh, in a second-half role, 5 for 22. That's basically all that matters in terms of rushing. Dalton Kincaid, the one big one, set him up to lead the way in receiving. 4 for 87. Again, there were, there were no touchdowns here. Shakir, 4 for 39. Diggs, 4 for 26. Continuing quiet weeks here of late for Stephon Diggs. Gabe Davis, 2 for 21, and the one cook catch. The Patriots turned the ball over four times in the first half. And they almost had a look at it here despite that. Bailey Zappi, 16 for 26, 209, and three picks. Rasul Douglas with the pick six in this game. What an acquisition. Everybody is saying it. Everybody knows what he has meant here uh, to the Bills' defense. Just a huge, huge difference maker. They said about him, I mean, I knew who he was when he played for Green Bay, but never studied his game or anything. They said about him, first things I heard about him after that trade was, ball hawk like maybe sometimes he can get beat but he is a playmaker and man are we seeing that he's got two picks already for the bills twice in games and he's hasn't even been on the team all season ezekiel elliott gets in the end zone 14 for 39 zappy also does as a rusher five for 37 mike gesicki led the patriots four for 35 kevin harris that one busted little dump off pass or maybe screen pass late in the in the first half Two for 54. So no player catches more than four passes in this game today. Kind of a strange one. Starting with the opening kickoff. Here are the Patriots last year to end the season after the game that was canceled in Cincinnati. And Naheem Hines takes the opening kickoff all the way. Would do that again in that game. Now, today, it's New England and Jalen Rager with the uh, kickoff return to start it. Let's get the first response from the fans brought to you by Serve Pro of Central Buffalo's Team Luzzy. Serve Pro of Central Buffalo's Team Luzzy is first and faster to any size disaster. Visit TeamLuzzy.com. Let's go to Stephen here. Hi, Stephen. Yeah, hey, good afternoon. Um, okay, I tell you, this is another one I'm glad it's over with, just like last week. Uh, first of all, major kudos to the defense, especially Razul Douglas. That guy is amazing. It's too bad the third one he got got called back yeah. because of contact with the ground. Um, but, you know, the thing is what Josh was just saying, <laughs> overall, the Buffalo Bills offense looked horrible today. I mean, you know, the, the, the percentage of completions, the third down conversions, um, you know, they, they – started looking better toward the end of the game but you know Josh just wasn't on his game today uh and the, the one thing that was really disappointing to me was the offensive line I don't know what it was where they 
just were allowing the defense for New England to put such pressure on Josh and get him off his game, uh, you know, with all the uh, blitzes that they had going. But, you know, they I'll tell you what, they better regroup going into Miami because, you know, this is all on the line now as far as the second seed in the AFC East. Uh, because and you know I'm looking at what uh, the Ravens did today to Miami. Let's say that Buffalo, you know, not only ends up in the playoffs but somewhere down the line go up against the Ravens. They play like they did today. They're going to lose for sure. So I, I hope you know Buffalo can just get with it yep. offensively and okay. you know, take it to them. Thanks, Stephen. Look, I mean, I expect I'm not surprised that the first fan through is is critical. Like I, I expect that there's going to be a lot that's going to be a common sentiment is what didn't look good on offense in this game. And that's, you know, reasonable. I I certainly understand it. Miami, how do their fans feel right now? Like that was a disaster today. 56 to 19. You're trying to win a Super Bowl here and just completely overmatched by Baltimore. So I think just keep it in perspective, right? I mean, the Bills, I have been talking in here, you know, day to day a lot recently about just what their offense is. Like, what has changed by the move to Joe Brady, uh, which is, you know, weeks now, is leaning into the running backs. But I don't know. Like, it's had, it's been somewhat successful, not entirely. And I just don't love the Bills' chances of winning multiple playoff games leaning into their running backs. And so you do that when you're way ahead, like the game against the Jets or the game against Dallas. But, you know, really, where is their passing offense? Where has Diggs gone? Where are the numbers? Where Davis, you know, has weeks where he doesn't catch a pass. He had two today. It wasn't, it was another game where they didn't really need it. I mean, they've won four straight now. But I think it is still, like I said at first here, uh, reasonable to question kind of what is the state of their their passing game. It's one thing to not need bigger production, but they're not getting very much at all. And that is um, really interesting, if not a problem. I guess we'll know in the end whether it's a problem, depending on how far they go here. I'm Mike Shope. Bulldog is off for... The day he'll be back with me tomorrow. By the way, our local shows are going to be live on New Year's Day, so maybe you'll join us then. Twenty-seven twenty-one is the final. We'll have Sean McDermott and more of your calls coming up, and we'll talk about some playoff um, scenarios here. Bills and Dolphins for the division title next weekend. We don't know exactly when yet. It could be Sunday at one, like all the games are scheduled for originally, or it seems pretty. It makes sense to think that this game could get flexed into uh, prime time, Sunday night or maybe even Saturday night. A break here and then back with the head coach and your calls. Happy New Year. This is the Buffalo Bills Radio Network. Takes the snap, looking to his left, fires quickly, and it's picked off. Rasul Douglas at the 40, on his feet, to the 30, to the 25, down to the 15, 10, 5, and into the end zone for the touchdown. Rasul Douglas, the playmaker, does it again. Rasul Douglas, I would say the star of the Bills' 27-20 win, 27-21 win today at Highmark Stadium over New England. 
The electric play of the game is brought to you by Town Mazda and Town Hyundai. For an electrifying performance, check out their exciting lineups of EVs at townauto.com. So the Bills are 10-6, and six, going to Miami next weekend for all the proverbial marbles. Miami at 11-5, and five, but the Bills with a win would tie them at 11-6 and six and have the season sweep. So first place, and that would be the two seed in the AFC. A loss, and as of now anyway, there's still football this afternoon that will affect this. The Bills could be out entirely with um, a record of 10-7 and if they don't get the win in Miami. What the Bills need this afternoon to clinch a playoff spot is losses by both the Steelers and the Bengals. The Steelers are in Seattle, and they just took the lead on a Jalen Warren touchdown run, 6-0 late first quarter. And the Bengals have had the ball to start the game for six minutes in Kansas City. They're uh, at the Kansas City 39, so no score. The Bills, again, would need both the Steelers and Bengals to lose to clinch a playoff spot. There were 13 other potential combinations of results, including a Bills win or tie that would have clinched them a spot. But no, no other scenario is possible. Just losses by the Steelers and the Bengals. Houston, Indianapolis, Jacksonville, they all won. So they could still be, I guess, a problem. I'm not sure about all of them. Jacksonville, especially because the Bills have uh, lost to Jacksonville. But anyway, I'm not going to... I'm just getting distracted thinking about all the different things, the possibilities in my head. Uh, yeah, so... I, I have to say, I, I don't think the Bills can end up in a tie for a wild card spot with Jacksonville, because Jacksonville winning next week would be ten and seven, and that's the AFC South, I believe, if they get it. So it would only be Indy or Houston, and among among those teams. All right, uh, we'll get to Sean McDermott as soon as he starts. So apologies in advance if I end up cut, cutting somebody short, but that's uh, that's how they want it. Let's get to your calls. Daryl is next. Hi, Daryl. Hi, how you doing, sir? Good, good, thanks. Uh, thank you for taking my call. I'm a long-time listener, and uh, it's the first time calling in a long time. All right, so, cool. Uh, <laughs> um, today, Josh was bad. Um, he was off on a few throws. Um, but I've got to the point in my Bills fandom where, especially watching Josh Allen, the bigger the games, the better he gets. Um. As long as we get the effort from the defense that we've been getting, even though it seems like we let up points at at bad times sometimes, mm-hmm. uh, especially Razul Douglas, he that pickup was amazing, and it's turning out to be a diamond in the rough type move, and that's something that we need to hopefully get to a Super Bowl. But in those games where the stakes are higher. I have full confidence in Josh Allen, even though he plays down to his competition sometimes. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Daryl. I um, I appreciate that. I mean, he has been awesome in big games before, uh, so I I feel like that's a that's a choice you know you you make as a fan to believe in him and to believe in these guys by extension, and I think that that's fine to do. I mean, I certainly again I'm thinking about the Dolphins and. How many times have they had to deal with Allen, and how has it gone? Not all big games, but there was a playoff game last year. There was an important game in the division race last year. And there'll be this one to maybe not top the playoff game. I don't know if it can do that, but to top the others. Uh, 
yeah, I could see. I appreciate Daryl here, Bills fan. Like Allen has come up big in big games, and I bet most Dolphin fans are aware of that too. All right, thanks. Next up is Bruce. Hi, Bruce. Bruce. Okay. Uh, no comment. Isaac is next. Hi, Isaac. Hi. I just want to talk about how like poorly our offense played and how Stephon Diggs got seven targets and only four receptions for 26 yards. He's complaining about not getting the yards and like fantasy points that he wants, but he's still getting the targets, but he might get one or two missed throws. But still, I can't remember the last time in a game when Stephon Diggs was the leader of our team in passing yards. He has been complaining? I didn't know that. No, like just like throwing a thumb or yelling at somebody. It's just complaining, not like outspoken like he used Okay, to. yeah, I wouldn't know what that's about, so I'm not going to assume it's about his lack of production. It might be. Maybe you're right. Um, it's He has not gone over 100 since week five, and that is really stark. And, I mean, I'll just repeat myself. I, I don't know where their offense is. And I say that this way because they've gotten a lot of credit with Joe Brady, the move to Brady. I wasn't somebody that needed Ken Dorsey out, but they've certainly been different and, you know, better. But more importantly, I would say different. And that is really the running backs, James Cook, quintessentially, like that's the point. That's the number one thing that's been different about usage, you know, the Bills offense, what they've been. And I 100% think that that's the way Sean McDermott wants it. Uh, Why wouldn't it be? So he wants to play more of a conservative, it just has to be true, uh, offense, offensive style, and they are. But can they keep winning? Can they flip a switch, right? Can they win this way? If you're going to take the ball away four times in future weeks, you're going to be fine. You, you can <laughs> you can do a lot of things on offense and get away with it. Um, I don't know. It's been too long for me to be comfortable with where they're at with digs. And no one else produces consistently at all. The guy right now, actually, that I think is sort of doing the consistently best job is Shakir. But it's not its not many plays. You had a big play in, in this game from him late on a third down to help the Bills get to a point where they, they could uh, kneel it out. So Shakir is playing. He's doing a nice job in a limited role, at least in terms of targets. Other than saying that, Really, just nobody is um, consistently being consistently productive. Let's go to Aiden next. Hi, Aiden. Hey, how you doing? Good. Good. I'm just uh, wondering, well, first of all, great defense performance. And I'm just wondering, why do you think Latavius Murray's still getting all those uh, third and important downs when it could be Leonard Fournette or Josh Allen run? Anything like that. And Latavius Murray's proved himself again that he's dropping the ball on those important third downs and all that when we have pass catchers and all that stuff. When it shouldn't, I, I still believe it should be him. Well, I, I wonder if it will be next week. That was a big one today. But why does he play? It starts with that they trust him. Pass protection was challenging today, and Murray, as their guys go. He's bigger than Cook, obviously, so they trust him in that role. But, you know, if you have a play, every team, every football coach team has this sort of quandary where you have 
Cook, who you want to throw the ball to. You have Murray, who you want for pass protection. You can't just do only those things, right? Otherwise, you become too predictable. So um, Fournette was not a part of this today, and I wonder if he might be next week. Johnson seems pretty good uh, as well in their backfield, but maybe Murray is at a point now where Sal Capaccio was speculating about this with me on Friday um, where they might make a move. They didn't today, but maybe next week. Let's go. We're still waiting for Sean McDermott. Let's go to Jack next. Hi, Jack. I don't say it on a crowded plane. Anyway, uh, the control of the offensive line, to me, is the key, and you can't compare uh, the team uh, this week against another team because how well the offensive line does in giving time to the quarterback is the whole story because if he doesn't have time, then there's no time for separation by the backs or the receivers. So every game's new, and I think you can't. it's hard to predict because maybe if we paid the Ravens and our offensive line controlled their offensive line, it'd be a different story. You would like to hit a, a runaway today at the Miami, but against a team that would control the offensive line, it wouldn't be the same story. Sure. Well, you know, in terms of the Dolphins, thank you, uh, this has been a challenging matchup for the Bills up front, as has New England, right? I mean, again, there's this critical tone in the air about their offense, and I'm sharing in that, but the Bills are not the exception as a team that struggled to figure out New England and then ultimately protect Allen and block them and, and execute. Really, from the very first play, and I think wasn't it the first play where Allen gets sacked and fumbles uh, looked like he was down there, but they didn't review that or anything, I guess. Maybe maybe I missed something. Bills recovered the fumble. Right from the very first play, he looked unsure of where to go with the ball, which probably contributes to certainly his numbers, and he's talking about just the ball coming out of his hand, some misses in this game. Just It just makes common sense. You would press more and end up taking choices that maybe you don't feel great about. It's just not coming easy to you. And so New England does that to a lot of teams. It's like the best thing about the Patriots right now. Their offense is really bad. And so not really a big story to see the Bills struggle and see Allen struggle like that. Against the Dolphins, he has put, they have put as well, big numbers up against Miami. Going back to, well, let's start with the last time they played, where the Bills scored 48 points. But it has not come without a physical toll. Like Allen gets, they get to him. And have in previous meetings, so uh, not it's not the perfect matchup in this area, I think, for the Bills, but they have made it work, to say the least, against the Dolphins. 27-21, some more of you probably uh, filing out of the stadium and turning us on. The Bills have not clinched a playoff spot with this win. They have earned the showdown game everybody wanted for them. Next week in Miami. We don't know when the game will be played. Now we have McDermott. Never easy. Proud of the guys and the way that they pushed through. Um, we're resilient. It was back and forth. Um, and uh, you know, I thought they came together and put together a good you know, back quarter there of the game with complimentary football. Um, never easy to win in this league. So um, with that, I'll turn it over to you with your questions. How about that performance from Razul? He comes over at the trade deadline, and you're expecting him to make an impact, but to yeah. change the game the way he did today. Yeah, um, big time, big time plays early in the game in particular, and um, I think what do we have four? Got four, and he scored on one of them. So 
Um, anytime you can do that, you know, you're giving yourself a chance to, to win games. A little bit of the problem with the offense today. So, I mean, scored 27, but it was not easy. Yeah, you know, I, I would say this. The positive is that, uh, that Joe and the and the staff, you know, they, they made the adjustments they needed to make. Came out in the second half, got the score early then, and then and then that drive to end the game. I thought was important. The four minute drive um, around that. To your point, I thought we could have done um, a better job. That's a good defense. Coach Belichick does a great job. Um, with that defense, and uh, in particular in the red zone, that's kind of what kept it kept it closer than than it should have been, perhaps. So, uh, we've got to continue to work, just like our entire football team, improve every week, learn from the game. There's things on defense we can do better, special teams we can do better, um, and that's that's really got to be the vision and the goal. Anything you've seen with Josh physically or within his process, especially these last two weeks, that has contributed at all to the struggle in the offense? Uh, well, if I knew, I would. You know, we would have fixed it by now. But um, not necessarily. You know, I, th- I thought we had some fundamental issues throughout the first two quarters. I would say for sure, with just throwing, catching, we had some of that. Right? We had some some penalties that were hurting us as well. Um, and and across the, across the team, blocking, catching, you know, getting off blocks, beating ourselves with penalties. Um, I mean, it was, and that's where we've got to focus heavily this week on improving that in those areas. Jeff didn't play at all in that first drive coming out of the halftime. Was there anything he was dealing with or any reason behind? No, not 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 to my knowledge medically at this point. Yeah. What, Sean, what, what is Bob going to show you in practice this coming week to say hey, he's an option for the next game? Yeah, listen, that was a that was a tough decision. Von's a pro. Um, he's one of the leaders on our team, and I thought he did a phenomenal job on the sideline. Um, with, from a leadership standpoint, with with his teammates, and um, he's he's a very important part of this team, and, and we have full confidence in him, and um, you know look forward to getting him back going forward here. Sean, if not medically, then what was the reason for that last night? With Steph, yeah, yeah I, I'm not aware. That's what I, I, you know. So it may have just been game plan wise and the plays that were getting called as to as to why he wasn't in there during that drive. Said to him with Steph, he's kind of been. It's been seven games now where he really has not had a big impact, at least statistically. Um, is that is that a concern moving, moving into these games that are new? Yeah, no, it is. I mean, he's our number one receiver, and um, you know whether teams are trying to take him away or they're spreading, you know, getting the ball spread around, and things we can do better offensively. And um, you know, I know this. Anytime a quarterback is going through his progression, that's the right way to go through it, right? And, and the ball finds the open players. So Steph continues to work. Um, he's going to be fine. So, but we have to, we have, we have things we need to work on overall as a team. And that's, and that's one of them um, because you can't let your number one receiver go like he has in, in particular the last few games. So, um, so we've got obviously some work to do. Sean, I know everything's in front of you with the division title on the line, but from the bye week and everything you guys dealt with to now, what's your team shown you, even though it hasn't always been easy yeah. to get yourself to this spot? Yeah, they've been very resilient, Mike, you know, very resilient. And um, just the things that they've learned, I think, through the journey that have gotten us to here um, and, and then using them week to week to, to find a way to win games. Um, today we knew wasn't going to be easy, um, and I thought their their resilient nature was on display in the second half. That first drive by our offense, as I mentioned, and then that last exchange of the ball, the last series or two right there with, hey, we punt it, 
they go three and out, we get the ball back, our offense goes on a drive. I mean, I think that, that says a lot about who they are in terms of their resiliency there. Sean, it looked like a pretty friendly handshake with Bill there at the very end. What can you tell us about that exchange? Yeah, I mean, um, listen, they've, they've controlled this division for a long time. Um, and, uh, and he's won X amount of Super Bowls. So I, I have a ton of respect for Coach in that regard. And, um, you know, he, he, his guys, you know, they, they fought today. And that was a tough game. We knew it was going to be a tough game. And um, so um, it, was, it was a cordial professional handshake and exchange of words and, and respect. Sean, two sacks there on that drive, sort of pushing out of range. How far has he come this year, just as a blitz center pass Yeah, TB. Yeah, no, he's done a good job. Um, you know, again, this is a position that, um, you know, Tremaine left, uh, you know, for free agency this past offseason. And, um, you know, TB steps into a spot where there were a lot of question marks, quite honestly. And, and I think he's done a, a really nice job of leading our defense, under, growing in the understanding as well of our defense in, 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 in the – and then his ability to lead because he understands the defense more and more each week. Um, he's only going to get better, and um, extremely proud of him and not only his play but his leadership. Uh, Josh took a shot at the end of the game. Yeah. Any concern from your perspective after talking to trainers? Um, you know, I haven't really talked to trainers yet. I uh, just walked by the trainer room. So. How do you gauge where your defense is now, heading into January? Do you take a look at it from like, the arc of the season. And- Well, you know, I, I thought today was uh, there was a lot of good today. Um, the four takeaways, the this, this, this score off the, on, on defense, off the one of the ta- on one of the takeaways. Um, that said, there, there, there's certainly things, as I mentioned earlier, that we can improve on. And, um, and so we've got to be dialed in on those as we move forward here. What's an example? What, what well, it'll be given away. We've got to try and make people work a little bit, Tim. So... Um, It'd be like saying, "Hey, what's wrong with you?" Well, you know, I got no hair, right? I mean, it's kind of people. They just I'm gonna make them work to figure out. I don't have any hair by wearing a hat, so. so you're saying it's not obvious. It's not obvious. Yeah. No, there's. I mean, this, I got work to. We get. We got. I have work to do. We have work to do. Sean, we asked you in the week about scoreboard watching. We noticed there wasn't the score of the Dolphins game on the scoreboard. Did that? Did that come from your perspective? From you? From my perspective, someone asked earlier in the week if that was a Buffalo Bills rule. Was that you, Tim, that asked about that? John did. Yeah, John. John's not here. Uh, it was not a Buffalo Bills rule. Um, it was just something that we wanted to do to keep our guys focused. So. We. Are you The staff and me. So how quickly after the game did you? look to see what that, what that yeah. score was? Um, I, when I was uh, in my locker, Derek had briefed me on, on the score. So, um, But we got some more work to do here. So. Your thoughts on Sam Hartman? Uh, yeah, great day. Uh, great to see Sam. It's a great example of, you know, he went through a stretch there of, I don't know, a couple weeks maybe where it wasn't uh, up to his and our standard, and, and he knows that. and. Um, the journey of a season, right? That's a great, to me, that's a, a microcosm of uh, the journey of a season for, for a player in this case and, and, and for a team where you go through ups and downs and can you get yourself out of it and can you stay confident through it, right? Keep your belief in yourself, your belief in those around you. Um, I think that's 
if you can keep your belief through the journey of a season, the course of a season, I think if you can endure that, uh, you got something. How does Daquan change things that you want to do up front? Terrell Bernard talking to him, he was like, my, my job gets a lot easier when Daquan's in there. What, what does he do for you as up front? Yeah, um, it was good to have him out there today. And again, I applaud him for, I mean, he's worked. You know, I see, I see, da I saw Daquan in there since the day he went out after his surgery and came back to us. Matt Milano, the same thing for Davis White. And Daquan obviously had a chance, and he just worked his tail off to get back. He was so diligent working with our trainers. They did a great job as well, Nate and his staff. And now to come back out, it's been 10 weeks roughly, right? So we had to manage expectations, at least for me going into it, of, hey, so it's it's hopefully today was a step in the right direction in terms of getting his sea legs back and and uh, and being a factor for us. Charles shows his patience out there today with those two interceptions. You know, standing at the door asking to kind of wrap off there. <laughs> getting a little impatient. Well, I'll just filibuster up here. I'll just be up here for about another 15. Uh, so you bet you guys might want to talk to Russell. Thanks and happy New Year to everyone. Sean McDermott. And the Bills over New England, 27-21. Yes, it was said on CBS that it was his decision not to put the Dolphin score on the scoreboard. Glad that, uh, that that came up. All right, we need to take a break. We'll look for more of your calls following that at 716-803-0550. Playoff scenarios, it'll be the Bills and Dolphins next weekend for the AFC East title. When exactly, we don't know yet. Maybe later tonight, we'll find out. Thanks for being along. Happy New Year to you. This is Mike Shope, and this is Buffalo Bills football. The Buffalo Bills will have a chance to take the AFC East and the two-seed in the AFC following their 27-21 win over New England and Miami's 56-19 loss to Baltimore. We do know that that game will be in Miami, but when is still to be determined. The schedule will hopefully be released later tonight in full. If not, it'll be released in full on Monday. In terms of the Bills today, it was Rasul Douglas's day. He had two interceptions, including a pick six, and Dalton Kincaid, he led the way receiving four catches, 87 yards, but that four catches did get him to a total of 66 catches on the season. That means Kincaid is now the Bills' rookie record holder for receptions. Some of the other scores from the 1 o'clock window sees the Colts survive Vegas 23-20. The Cardinals upset the Philadelphia Eagles 35-31, which does mean San Francisco is now the one seed in the NFC. Baltimore also, with their win over Miami, are the one seed in the AFC. The Jaguars blank the Panthers 26 to nothing, and the Texans, they handle the Titans 26 to 3. Going on right now, Pittsburgh leads the Seahawks 10 to 7. The Chiefs are in front of the Bengals 7 to 3. Those games are currently in the second quarter, while Denver leads the Chargers 3 to nothing late in the first. Sports update brought to you by Independent Health, well beyond insurance. Learn more at retrotreatment.com. Now we get a look at traffic from our own Neil McManus. Well, it looks like everybody wants to get to where they're going for New Year's Eve celebrations. Uh, looking at northbound 62 South Park, uh, you're very slow along that road, especially as you approach uh, Lake Avenue uh, coming up from Mile Strip. Mile Strip slow at all the usual spots and intersections, McKinley, Abbott, uh, also California, uh, jam-packed, uh, heading from Southwestern up to Mile Strip. Plenty of company there. Route 5 moving well right at this time if you want to head back towards 
towards the city. You will slow down a little bit uh, as you approach Ridge, and then again, uh, a bit of a slowdown along the Skyway. The 90 under speed uh, right at that 219 interchange, as you can imagine, and plenty of company all the way up until Walden uh, and the Galleria uh, under speed, but no big problems happening at this time, thankfully. In WBEN Traffic Command, I'm Neil McManus. Traffic being brought to you by Sullivan's Brewing Company from Ireland to Buffalo, the best ales in the world. Back to pass, looking over the left side, picked off by Rasul Douglas to the 15, cuts it back and is down at the 14-yard line. Two interceptions on the day already for Bailey Zappi, and Rasul Douglas was involved in both. Rasul Douglas, the difference maker of the game, quite the difference maker of the season, Douglas acquired at the trade deadline from Green Bay. The difference maker of the game brought to you by Independent Health. And in, at Independent Health, you'll find more than 1,000 Western New Yorkers who are big fans of this community and big fans of the Bills, of course. Independent Health, well beyond insurance. Learn more at redshirttreatment.com. I love a player like this, Douglas, where he's so, I mean, the great corners come to mind. He's not a perfect player, but he is a playmaker. And the guys who are so self-confident that they can jump routes and just sort of focus in on the quarterback as opposed to, you know, less confident corners who end up just trailing the receivers, hoping not to get beat. This guy will take chances. And today, against Bailey Zappi, he was uh, he was rewarded. 27-21 is the final. I'm Mike Shope. Thanks for listening. Post-game coverage continuing here. We will look for your calls again very shortly. 716-803-0550. The Bills and the Dolphins, who lost 56-19, that's a real score, at Baltimore today. Next week for the division title, Tua Tungabailoa was hurt late in this game. Left shoulder, I read. I don't know how serious that is. Bradley Chubb was carted off. A disastrous day for the Dolphins, who, of course, had a chance to lock the division up with a win in Baltimore. They didn't even come close to it. Uh, Josh Allen was hit late. His last play of this game, I think it was Duggar for the Patriots. He got him twice in the head or close to the head. Looked like they were working with Allen on the left side of his neck from what little they showed on CBS. It was more than a little, actually. They, they kept the camera on him for a bit. But he did his press conference. He did, I did not, unless it was before we got to it, did not hear him asked about uh, the play. And I'm assuming he's, he thinks he's fine. Man, the other one was when he fumbled at midfield. And holy cow, that was a, fla- a flashback to... Younger Josh Allen trying to he's trying to pitch that or something, and the Bills were pretty fortunate on that. Same guy, I think Duggar for the Patriots came in. Allen did not did not expect him, and kind of a headshot there. And Allen stayed down for about a second and then and then jumped up. So um, man, tough work today. Let's get to your calls again. Eight oh three oh five fifty is the number. We have Jose next. Hi Jose. Jose. Hey, I'm here. Let's go. Um, hey, so my question is, while um, while Bill Belichick and Robert Kraft are in town, do you guys have any massage parlors that you could... Okay, funny. Uh, Peter is next. Hi, Peter. Hey, how's it going? I just Good. wanted to talk a little bit about uh, Joe Brady. I think 
he's running a lot more coming off the success in the Cowboys game, and I'm wondering if it's impacting our passing offense, just running early, especially on first downs. I think last week he ran 75% of first downs, and this week it felt like a lot as well. I don't know what your thoughts are on that, but it could put our offense in kind of second long, third and long position, which could impact our offense. I'm just wondering if we're running too much early on. My thoughts are I'm talking about them constantly, actually. I just I am wondering how much of this shift in their identity, so to speak, on offense is intentional. Like in the Dallas game, you mentioned the Dallas game, and Brady said, and this makes sense to me, I think it's believable, they really didn't want to just be so run heavy, but they were able to. And this game was was tougher than that. The Charger game was tougher than that. I have questions about what their passing offense is right now because nobody is producing, right? So it's it's one thing when you're up two or three touchdowns, but their running game has not been so efficient that you don't have to worry about this. Um, of course, what matters most is they've been winning. And so... There's that, but it's got to be, I think, next week or after that, that you're going to be in games. You're not playing teams that are four and twelve, right? You're, or what the Chargers are anymore. I, I feel like eventually they're going to need to be able to push it, and it's been a while. I guess Philadelphia was this. They lost in Philadelphia, uh, but that was a game where they were uh, more productive by a lot actually, on, on offense. Let's go to Josh next. Hi, Josh. Hi. Yeah, I had uh, just uh, two quick things I wanted to talk about. Okay. Um, the first is um, the importance of the games that are going on right now with the Steelers and the Bengals. Yep. Next week, the, the Bengals and the Steelers face the Browns and Ravens, respectively, two teams that can sit their starters. They're locked into their spots. Right. So it is really essential for the Seahawks and kind of Chiefs to win there. And plus, next week you have the Jaguars at the Titans, which should be an easier game. So it really could be a do-or-die, a two-seater nothing game next week, which is crazy. Yep. Yeah. Um, my second quick point was, as much as I hate wasting the timeout, this might have been the first effective use of Kodak I saw when uh, <laughs> uh, Sean McDermott called the timeout. On think, I think that third and one, when it looked like, looked like they were going to go in that like shotgun run that always fails with Latavius Murray, and they audible to the Josh Allen push push. Um, so that was kind of nice to see. I mean, I think that we have one of the most effective one of those in the league, and I think any other third and one play should just be thrown out until somebody proves it. <laughs> However, though, I'm not sure they call those Kodak when they're on offense, um, but maybe. Tyler Dunn brought that out in his article at golongtd.com about McDermott and the Bills. However, you had two fourth and shorts that the Bills punted on, and both punts worked out great. But it's interesting to me, like, you know, you're playing with the lead, you're the favorite. We've seen this time and again from McDermott and the Bills to play it safer like that. Not always, but more often, I would say, in games like this. Sort of makes sense. But Allen has no interest in hiding his disdain for it does he like he his expressiveness on these you know third and one fourth and one he comes off the field and you know he's just he hates it he hates it I think it's interesting how unconcerned he is with being expressive about it rather than just sort of head down jog off the field 
You know, the way Chris Brown described it, the first one of these today was like after the two-minute warning, and he says, Allen is begging McDermott to go for it. And they called the timeout, you know, try to draw him off, that whole business, and then punted it. The Bills do win it, 27-21. The caller, Josh there, is right on it. The Steelers and Bengals in the 4 o'clock games here, if the Bills, if, if both of them lose, the Bills will clinch a spot. But we're not there yet. Cincinnati has the lead in Kansas City 10-7 and is driving again. And Seattle has just gone back ahead of Pittsburgh 14-10. Interesting first half there, back and forth. 14-10 Seahawks, Steelers ball, about five minutes left in the half. If they both win, Pittsburgh and Cincinnati, just like Josh a minute ago explained it, it could be everything on the line next week. There's enough as it is. Bills and Dolphins for the AFC East. Happy New Year. This is Mike Shope. More next. This is Buffalo Bills football. The Buffalo Bills do not have a playoff spot as of yet, but they do have a chance to take the AFC East and the two seed in the AFC following their 27-21 win over New England and Miami's 56-19 loss to Baltimore. And with that, Baltimore has locked up the number one overall seed in the AFC. San Francisco has done the same in the NFC following Philadelphia's 35-31 upset against the Cardinals. We do know that game next week will be in Miami, but as of when is to be determined. The schedule will either be released later tonight in full, and at worst we will know on Monday. That is tomorrow. In terms of the Bills today, it was Rasul Douglas's day. He had two interceptions, including a pick six. And Dalton Kincaid, he led the way receiving with four catches and 87 yards. And now with 66 catches on the season, Kincaid is now the Bills' rookie record holder for receptions. Some of the other 1 o'clock scores did see the Colts survive against Las Vegas, 23-20. The Jaguars blanked the Panthers, 26-0. And the Texans handled the Titans, 26-3. And going on currently right now, Seattle leads Pittsburgh 14-10. The Bengals are in front of the Chiefs, 10-7. But Cincinnati is currently driving and are in the red zone, while Denver leads the Chargers, 3-0 and all three of those games are in the second quarter. Now, a look at traffic with Neil McManus. If you're on that 219 North, you don't need me to tell you, it's jam-packed right now. That merge uh, from Mile Strip is going to take you some time. Well under speed, plenty of brake lights all the way until you get to that 90 interchange and beyond. Things start to ease up a little bit uh, past the 400, but you still got plenty of company out there, and you'll be under speed uh, through on that 90, uh, well past uh, William Walden and the Galleria. Mile Strip, uh, plenty of congestion uh, westbound approaching exit 56 but if you can get there uh, if you get on the 90 at that exit 56 blaisdale uh not too bad uh the traffic moving uh quite it's a little slow but better than what you're seeing on the 219 at this time south park uh route 62 that is manageable once you get past mile strip same goes for route 5 uh you'll see a slowdown though uh as you approach ridge road and then again at the skyway In WBEN Traffic Command, I'm Neil McManus. Traffic being brought to you by Paddock Chevrolet with you for the extra mile. This update and scores from around the league are delivered by the UPS store, Be Unstoppable. I'm Zach Jones for the Buffalo Bills Radio Network. Has time, looking deep down the middle, and he's got Kincaid, who's behind the defense down to the 15-yard line. Tackled at the 13 by Kyle Duggar. He beat the safety on a post route. 
Biggest pass play for the Bills today, Josh Allen to Dalton Kincaid. Kincaid had four catches in this game. No player on either team had more. Managing the game, presented by the Financial Guys, Western New York's one-stop financial shop. We've been talking all about it, managing this game. The Bills are now a run-heavy team. It is not an accident. It is not only game script related. It's kind of who they want to be, it seems. And it remains to be seen whether or not that will get them there, as they say, with Miami next week and then hopefully the playoffs. The Bills are not in. And it seems, just as I was talking about with a caller before the last break, Josh, it's not to be taken lightly, the possibility that the trap door will open beneath them if they don't win in Miami. The Bengals now have a 17-7 lead at Arrowhead Stadium, six minutes to go in the first half. I have that game on in here. The Chiefs can't get off the field on defense against the Bengals. Three drives, three scores. Pittsburgh has just gone back ahead of Seattle on a Najee Harris touchdown run. 16-14, extra point to come there for the Steelers. The Bills would make the playoffs tonight if the Steelers and Bengals both lost today, but they are both leading on the road. Extra point is good. 17-14. Let's get back to your calls here. We'll get as many as we can in before we run out of time. Let's go to Dan next. Hi, Dan. Hey, Mike. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. All right. Just wanted to talk about the pickup of Rasul Douglas. And I want to know what was Green Bay thinking, giving him up for basically what? Mid-round pick, right? Yeah. Yeah. Is it more uh, RGM has – the upper hand or did Green Bay drop the ball here? I mean, and can the Sabres borrow mean for the <laughs> NHL? Well, the, the move made easy sense, you know, when they did it with the Bills down in the secondary, Trey White, of course, but other guys in and out uh, of the lineup. And I don't know exactly what was up with the Packers, though, but seeming obviously willing to divest themselves of Douglas. They also have Jair Alexander, who's been kind of a controversial figure there. He was not traded, but last week he literally took it upon himself to go call the coin toss, even though he was not named a captain. So um, perhaps some, you know, I don't know, leadership questions maybe. This is not. To, I'm not trying to put this on Douglas. I don't know exactly what their, what their thinking was, but again, easy sense from the Bill side of it, and he has made a huge difference. Howard is next. Hi, Howard. Hey, Happy hey. New Year. Happy New Year to you. Um, I had a question about uh, in the third quarter, the, uh, uh, the, the they had a, a missed field goal, right, wide left, and there was an offensive penalty. So we would have got the ball like midfield or wherever they were taken from, but we let them punt. We didn't decline no, the penalty. The, they didn't have the choice. The, it was a delay of game penalty, so the Bills were not – we're not given a choice. Oh, okay. I thought it was yeah. holding or something. Okay. No. Right. Well, that clears that up. Thanks. There there you go. Thank you. Yeah, that was the, the reason for that. The Patriots punted after that penalty. Uh, Andrew is next. Hi, Andrew. Hey, Shope. I appreciate you uh, taking my call. You're welcome. Long-time caller, first-time listener. Uh, just got two quick questions for you. Um, Rasul Douglas, that guy has been an absolute – dynamite spark to the defense here do you think we won out on that trade yes uh, are you con- are you concerned at all 
about the offense going forward in the holes. Uh, last question I got for you, red or black. I'll hang up and listen. Thanks, Andrew. Roulette. I mean, green. Green. Real man plays green. I mean, that's that's obvious. Um, of course, Douglas. And, of course, uh, talking a lot about just the uncertainty of what the Bills are on offense right now. Not, not much is going well. You had, in this game, Allen seemed confused. He was erratic. Uh, one turnover again, and really he kind of deserved another one on on that fumble. New England made it tough on him. He's not the first quarterback, or the Bills are not the first offense where that has been true against the Patriots for as bad as their record is. Their defense has been really good. Um, The Bills get away with a split this year against New England, which falls to 4-12. and Again, in the important late game for the Bills, the Bengals are leading in Kansas City 17-7. Chiefs with the ball at the Cincinnati 35, and the Steelers back in front in Seattle, 17-14, under two minutes to go in the first half. Here, 27-21, Bills over the Pats. We'll have more of the postgame show right after this. This is the Buffalo Bills Radio Network. And he's going to run it over the left side, and he plows his way into the end zone. No signal yet, but now, yes, it is touchdown Buffalo. A one-yard touchdown run by Josh Allen. One of two on the day. Allen up to 15 rushing touchdowns this season with one game left. That is tied for an NFL record for a quarterback with Jalen Hurts also this year, still active, 15 each. And it is one shy of the Bills' all-time record for any running back or any player, O.J. Simpson, Ran for 16 touchdowns in the 1975 season. Uh, 13 was the second most. LaShawn McCoy's on that list. OJ again, I think. And Allen before today. And I has got two more. That's just, that's just insane. And um, rarely is there even any question about whether he'll make it. Like, it's just been, for many years his career, in his career, Allen running the ball, I've always called it, it's their best play. And this year started without the Bills wanting to do it. And he's talking about, remember the game in Washington, he slid and he's talking about how he won money from teammates because he he actually did slide out of play. Just you did not get the design runs. At 6-6, six and six, I mean, just all bets are off, right? Like he's doing a lot of it by design, quarterback draws, everything around the goal line, and today was another such game. Eye on the Quarterback, brought to you by Great Lakes Building Systems. We keep an eye on your business, so you don't have to. Great Lakes Building Systems, our business is protecting your business. I'm Mike Shope. Happy New Year. Bulldog is off today. He'll be back with me tomorrow. Live local coverage, uh, and our talk shows will be here uh, tomorrow on New Year's Day. So hopefully you'll join us for that, too. WGR Sports Radio 550 in Buffalo. We've got lines open now, 716-803-0550 for your calls. We're watching the two meaningful late games here with the playoff picture in mind. Of course, these games don't matter if the Bills win in Miami, and that will give them the division title. The word I've just seen out of Miami is they fear Bradley Chubb has suffered a torn ACL in the game in Baltimore. They've had big injury challenges the Dolphins. The Bills had their own uh, earlier in the season, but season-ending type injuries. They're starting center. Two edge rushers now if Bradley Chubb is indeed out. This happened very late in a game 
that they ended up losing by 37. And Tua was injured, I mentioned this earlier, also very late, 42-19 was the score, and the Dolphins went for it on fourth down deep in their own end. I really, I respect that. I mean, I always want to go for it, but, you know, teams give up. The, the Raiders, the then Raiders coach, Josh McDaniels here, for one example, earlier the season, like, he's punting down three or, or more scores. Like, just leave, really. There's no point in playing this out if you're just going to punt when, you have a, when you're in a hole like that. But the Dolphins won a game last year in Baltimore that they trailed by 21 in the fourth quarter. They had scored late third. It was very much like the game they lost here back in week four, 48-20. But they kept going, and on fourth and 13, somewhere around their 25-yard line, I think it was, uh, Tua took off, and he got 10 yards short of the first down. They turned the ball over, and he hurt his left shoulder. It, It was reported. So just like... I think that'll be talked about maybe a lot this week. I'm not sure he's in any kind of bad shape to play against the Bills. But still, like this is the this is the reason why you don't. You know? I mean, coaches almost always will punt that and take the L. And this is why one reason why they do it. The other one is they don't don't want to get beat worse. And that happened anyway to Miami in this game. Baltimore scored on that short field and then I don't know how they got the ball back again, but then they scored again on a pass. The backup quarterback, I mean, just everything they wanted. Five touchdown passes from Lamar Jackson in that game, who might have clinched himself a second MVP award today. Allen was the third betting favorite. Jackson won, Christian McCaffrey two, going into play today. Allen did not have a strong you know, statistical game anyway. I think I would just say game. Uh, McCaffrey got hurt. Calf injury in the San Francisco-Washington game, that's really interesting as they try to get the one seed next week and the playoffs. Of course, the Super Bowl favorite. And then you had Jackson, who just was incredible, I guess, today with with the, the stats. Let's see what else is going on here. Let's go to Tim next. Hi, Tim. Hey, Mike. How you doing? Good. Everybody says that. <laughs> I'm always good. Uh, could you imagine if uh... – if we had lost today on the last play of the game, you know, fourth and seventeen, and they throw it <laughs> touchdown Patriots. Imagine the calls you'd be getting. Holy crow. Sure. And uh that's one point. I'm glad it didn't. I'm glad everybody's at least satisfied, if not happy. And uh <laughs> and I wonder if Josh's right shoulder is still bothering him. You know, there's there's been spots in his career where uh, he'd throw the long ball, and he would overshoot guys. And that was the problem. And there's been uh, some number of them that seem to be coming in a little short. And, you know, maybe he uh, passes medical tests, maybe a a sore shoulder or tight shoulder. I don't know exactly how to describe it. But uh, maybe it ails him. And, you know, he's such a competitor, he's not going to whine to the doctor and say, I can't go out there. You know, he wants to get out there and kick butt. And, uh, I think it's fair to wonder, yeah. Tim. I mean, it's it was not a, a he was not accurate today. And the the one pass he threw best today was that crosser three or four times with conviction over the middle. He got Shakir on that once. There was even a pass to Davis that was kind of just wobbly and behind him. He was too too long for Diggs on the bomb. He was too short for Diggs on another one when he was on the run. 
just, uh, I don't know. Excellent examples. I didn't have a list of examples, but that's two good ones to cite. Yeah. And, you know, in previous games, too, there was a couple of those. Yep, yep. And, uh, well, you know what? We've got a butt-kicking competitor here, and uh, everybody's got a little something, right? Nobody's perfect. <laughs> at, at this point. Thanks, thanks, Tim. Happy New Year to you. Um, it, it's just reasonable to wonder how he's feeling. Of course, he's not going to, you know... I, should, I say, of course, because it's kind of how it's been before. Last year when he had the elbow injury, he just doesn't even really want to talk about it. I'm fine. You know, he's sort of like that. Uh, Tara is next. Hi, Tara. Hi. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Hi. I was just kind of um, wanting to comment on the vibe and the energy of the team. I definitely always feel it for my defense, and I love all my players, as does my husband. We come every game that we can with our signs, our pom-poms, our cowbells, and I know the mafia brings the energy, but I just feel like our offense isn't always bringing the energy and the vibe that they need to for the victory. Hmm. Well, I don't know, like um, whether whether it's energy or just execution or strategy or what it might be, but they're not, um, they're not exactly lighting it up, the offense, but they are winning. So nice talking to you, Tara. Happy New Year. And to you out there as well, 803-0550, if you want to get on here. We've got a few more minutes, but we'll get to uh, Rasul Douglas and his postgame thoughts uh, before we're done. Out of town, Kansas City has kicked a field goal. Maybe it's two since I last updated you. 17-13 is the Bengals' lead, 35 seconds to go in the half. And similar, the Steelers' lead at halftime in Seattle, 17-14. So here is what... Let's just do this at least once. Here is what the standings look like. You've got the Ravens have clinched the one, 13-3. They host Pittsburgh next week. They have no. There's no importance in the game. They could be one of these teams you see all the time where they sit their starters. They've had their injuries too. Maybe Lamar Jackson doesn't play next week. Uh, the Steelers are always a tough matchup for him and them. He's got the MVP award maybe shown up. And the Baltimore Ravens will be the one seed no matter what. And then that's the bye the following week. The only team that gets the bye is the one seed. Two at at the moment is the Dolphins at 11-5. and five. They, they have the Bills to reckon with next week, and the winner of that game will be the two seed. Uh, Bills at Dolphins. Kansas City can't get there. No one else can get there. So right now it's Miami, up a game on the Bills, but would lose the tiebreaker if Buffalo were to win there next week. Kansas City trailing here, 9-6. and six. They have not won the division yet. I guess it's Denver who can still get there, I believe. The Raiders can't. The Raiders would have been in a good spot to make the playoffs with two wins, but they lose today in Indianapolis. So Kansas City still not yet clinched as AFC West winners, but they're one result away from doing that. Again, they trail the Bengals here 17-13. They are 9-6. and six. All three contenders in the AFC South won earlier. Jacksonville is the tiebreaker leader of the three. If Jacksonville wins in Tennessee next week, they will win the AFC South 10-7, and seven, which may or may not be better than where the Chiefs end up. The Chiefs would win the tiebreaker between those two teams. Indianapolis and Houston, each 9-7. and seven. Man, I will just never get used to the fact that there are 17 games because these are all season-ending records in my mind. 9-7, and seven, and they play each other next week in Indianapolis. The Texans kind of rolled today over Tennessee. 
Indianapolis uh, got there against the Raiders, like I just mentioned. So those teams are 9-7. and seven. The 5 is definitely the Browns. The Ravens win assures that. Baltimore is locked in as the 1. Cleveland is locked in as the 5. The Bills can't move up. No one can, no one can take Cleveland's spot. So Cleveland will play either the AFC South winner or the Chiefs. Could still end up being, probably won't be, but it still could end up being Kansas City in the first round. Right now, six is the Bills, but they're not in for sure yet. And then you have Indianapolis at nine and seven, Houston nine and seven, like I mentioned, and then Pittsburgh and Cincinnati at eight and seven, playing now, still with the chance to make it with uh, with two wins, or maybe even conceivably one. The Bills need both of them to lose to clinch tonight, and they both lead. Let's go to, we have Doc with us. Hello. Hey, how are you doing today? Good. Uh, my question is, why were they in the last series in there? I don't know. We needed a first down. I think it was third down, and they ran Josh, and he got hurt. I mean, we're up six points within field goal range. It would have been nine points in two-score game. What are we doing running Josh and taking a chance of getting hurt like that? They wanted to end it the way they did, and they don't play, or at least anymore, I guess, afraid of his being injured. He got off the field. Like, you know, I feel like he's probably fine for next week. So, um, you know, it's always risky, but. Yeah, but, but I'm, what I'm saying, you know, why risk it? I mean, you're up six points, and you couldn't get another three points of the, you know, short field goal in there. You're up nine points, and then doesn't matter whether you run the clock out or not. Then, well, the only the only reason not to do what they did is an injury. I mean, yeah. the, there's there are too many other scenarios where you could lose the game. You don't have to make the field goal. You could have a block kick. There's there's two there's there's I would not you know approve of the Bills like just taking a knee and kicking the field goal because it's two scores. Like that's just way too conservative. Did it have to be Allen running? No, uh, but again, that's their best play. And they don't, I, I would, I'm not critical. I'm more the other way. Like I think the bills sometimes are too safe and I can be kind of extreme like that, but I think they're too safe. And so, um, I have no qualms with what they did. I think he could have gone down on his own for a first down. He didn't need that last step where he drew the contact to, uh, to end the game, but you know, it's Josh Allen. That's not his nature. McDermott hates it. He hates that Allen puts himself in harm's way as often as he does. He had to hate the the fumble at midfield when he's trying to get the first down and he's coming up short. And he's trying to lateral or something like there, and Duggar comes in for New England and just buries him. <laughs> That's the kind of stuff that coaches just, you know, don't have an easy time living with. All right, why not just quickly here give you the NFC – uh, before we take a break and then get to Rasul Douglas. Again, 27-21 Bills. The final today, Seattle hosting Pittsburgh, trailing 17-14 as they start the third quarter, and the Chiefs are are down at home to Cincinnati 17-13 late in the first half. So, shocker, Philadelphia losing at home to Arizona. Arizona not doing a great job for its draft status here. Well, they are, what? Four and twelve now, I guess. But um, San Fran is the likely one. I don't know if they clinched it today. Did that maybe happen with Philadelphia losing and Detroit 
Yes, it has. I've got it here. San Francisco has clinched the one. So they can take next week off. They have the Rams next week. That's a huge break. Philly losing at home to Arizona and Detroit losing. Detroit probably deserved to win the game last night if you missed that. Debacle with the player being penalized for not reporting to the referee when it just seemed like it was so obvious that he did and all the players and the coaches say that he did. Anyway, so San Fran is the one seed in the NFC. We know that. They have the Rams next week. That could be a Saturday game, I've been thinking. Two games are going to be moved to Saturday. But maybe now that San Fran might rest, guys, it's not as appealing. Right now, Dallas is the two and Detroit is the three based on head-to-head, that tiebreaker, last night's game. And this loss by the Eagles moves Dallas up into position to win the NFC East. This was not expected, that they would lose to the Cardinals. They have the tiebreaker. The Cowboys have the tiebreaker on Philadelphia by conference record. So it'll be Dallas and Washington next week that Dallas will play for the two. It seemed for a while that they were headed maybe to Tampa in the NFC South. Detroit 3 Tampa Bay loses at home to New Orleans today to fall to 8-8, eight and eight, and Atlanta loses its game too. But it's still Tampa's to win. One more win, and Tampa Bay will win that division. They have Carolina next week, and New Orleans and Atlanta are not – I'm not even sure if they're alive anymore. Um, I guess they they might still be because Tampa could lose. That's why. And they play each other, the Saints and the Falcons, next week. Then you've got the Eagles, the Rams eke out a win at the Giants today. Tyrod Taylor went, how about this? Way over 300 yards passing for the Giants, but the Rams win it by a point. And then Seattle right now, the seventh seed playing. Now Minnesota, Green Bay tonight. The winner of that game will have life in the wild card picture. Well, speaking of the Packers, Rasul Douglas, what a get by Brandon Bean and the Bills. Look at this guy and how he's paying off here Maybe most of all today with the two interceptions. Almost had a fumble recovery as well. Douglas did uh, uh, some media after the game. We'll have that for you when we return. Happy New Year. This is Mike Shope, and this is the Buffalo Bills Radio Network. The Bills have not clinched a playoff spot yet, but they will have a chance to take the AFC East and the two-seed in the AFC following their 27-21 win over the New England Patriots and Miami's 56-19 loss to the Baltimore Ravens. We do know that game will be in Miami, but when is still to be determined. The schedule will likely be released later tonight and at the latest tomorrow morning. In terms of the Bills today, it was Rasul Douglas's day. He had two interceptions, including a pick six, and Dalton Kincaid, he led the way on offense and in receiving with four catches and 87 yards. And now with 66 catches on the season, Kincaid is now the Bills' rookie record holder in receptions. Now, scores from the 1 o'clock window. Again, they see Miami losing 56-19 to to Baltimore. That means Baltimore is now the number one seed in the AFC officially. The Cardinals upset Philadelphia 35-31, and following San Francisco's win today, that puts San Francisco as the one seed in the NFC. The Jaguars blank the Panthers 26-0, and the Texans hold on against the Titans 26-23. Going on right now, the Bills need both the Steelers and the Bengals to lose tonight to secure that playoff spot, but as of right now, the Steelers lead Seattle 17-14, that game is currently in the third quarter. And the Bengals, they currently lead Kansas City 17-13 to at half. Scores from around the league, they're delivered by the UPS store. Be unstoppable. Now, a look at traffic with Neil McManus. 
Well, the problem area right now still continues to be that 219 northbound, heavy congestion, well under speed all the way from mile strip to that 90 interchange, the 400 and beyond. Then you're talking about the 90, you're going to be a slow go uh, on that stretch of the 90 east all the way to Walden and beyond. Uh, if you're heading to the north towns, uh, you may want to consider uh, hitting that 190 north. Uh, right now, no issues, uh, no delays at all uh, from the that uh, 90 interchange if you're taking that 190 north. Route 5 is a good bet, too. That's moving well. A little bit of a slowdown as you approach Tift and then uh, onto the Skyway. And for those of you heading north of the border this New Year's Eve, uh, the bridges, uh, you're looking at about a 25-minute delay right now to Canada. That at the Peace Bridge, 15-minute delay at the Lewiston-Queenston, and no delays uh, right now at the Rainbow Crossing. In WBEN Traffic Command, I'm Neil McManus, Traffic being brought to you by Paddock Chevrolet with you for the extra mile. The Bills over the New England Patriots today in week 17, 27, 21. Of course, there are 18 weeks now. And it's for everything next week in Miami. Still yet to learn when the game will be played. Good chance it would seem that the game will be moved from its original one o'clock time slot. Every game when they put the schedule out for Week 18 is uh, announced for one o'clock on Sunday. But many are moved, and there are Saturday games too uh, next week as well. To the locker room for Rasul Douglas, the star of the show today. All locker room audio is brought to you by Rhymer Home Services for your HVAC, plumbing, and electric needs. Yeah, resilience, relentless. We always fight. Um, I think that we, we got our identity now and we know what we're capable of doing. So now it's just like, it's either we're going to put it on tape or we're not, you know? So. How would you describe what your identity is? As one. one. Like we won. That's what I think our identity is. We won. We all played equally yoked. had in such a short amount, you know, since coming here about mid-season. Just what is that like for you to have these games you've been able to have multiple takeaways and what does a day like today feel like for you? Uh, it feels good. Um, I'm happy we won. I think that's the most important thing. Um, and now we just got to go to Miami and just and win. So. What pick six when did you know that you had it? Did I know I had the pick six? Yeah. What you mean? Like when did you know during the play? That I was going to get a pick six? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I just... I usually uh, we sent when we send a weak side pressure, um, watching on film. I usually throw it quick uh, to the receiver that's uh, usually on the X. Um, so I, I seen a blitz and I was like, he got to throw a hot or he gonna get sacked. Uh, he threw it. I think him and the receiver was on the same page. Uh, he threw it. So I got the ball. Like I got to try to score. I had one that I could have got an end zone, but I, I messed up. So I was like, I try to get it back. Can you take us through Ed's interception from your perspective? I think you got a hand on it, and then yeah. he comes through with a one-handed dive. Yeah, should, that should have been another pick by me. I should have had three, honestly, because <laughs> I, I I knew I knew it was coming. Uh, I read it, uh, but I was on the right side of the tight end, and he kind of threw it to the left, so I had to go around him and uh, deflect it up. And then I seen Ed for diving for it. I was just happy that he caught it. Yeah. See a big man like that make a dive like that. Mm-hmm. That's impressive. But he got, he got hands, though, because be, we'd be at practice and he'd be talking about how he could catch, and he'd do some of our drills. And it, it don't look like he don't know how to catch. It looks smooth, so he got some hands. We asked Taryn about your, your play, and he said not, there's guys playing the league a long time and won't take 
some of the chances that you do. He sort of marveled at it, and he said, "You got to almost have a, you don't care or don't worry that much about what could happen." Yeah. Do you feel that's the way you play? Yeah. Because if you make the play, ain't nobody gonna say nothing. You know, it's like Steph Curry, like he can shoot all the crazy shots he want, but if he making them, how you, what you gonna say as a coach? You gonna be like, "All right, well, keep shooting him." You know, I guess when he's like misses too many in a row, then you might tap him like, all right, you, you know, calm down. But uh, JB, he, he allows me to play. Uh, he trusts that I watch film and the film that he gives me to watch. So. Russell, did you have to learn how to be like that, or, or is that just something that always came natural? Oh, yeah. I've, I've always been able to, to catch interceptions and catch the ball. I mean, more like the, the, the don't care. The confidence that. Oh, confidence? Yeah. yeah. When you're in the right, si- like, you're in the right system and your coach allows you to be you, yeah. How has your opinion changed, or if at all, of the Bills defense from when you got here and maybe didn't know much about it to where we are now in January? Um, let me see how I can answer that question. Mm, I feel I feel like like now, like since maybe like four four weeks, we just been playing with that, like, but we really the best. You know, and like I think we all believe we the best. So it's like every time we come out of there, every every series, every snap, we communicating, we talking, we telling each other like, yo, you the best, bro. Like they telling you the best. You the and it's just that feedback that we just get from each other, like, like, come on, let's go. And I think that's what we all need, you know, that little boost and spark. Who was doing that for you today or who were you doing it for? For everybody. Like everybody. Every time I see somebody I said and every time they see me, they be like, Bro, you the best, like, make a play, let's go. And it just, it just happens. You just feed off each other. Michael was at his locker and just kind of like baffled still that you guys, that the Bills were able to trade for you. What does it feel like to kind of be like that piece that kind of everybody seems to feel like brought this all together? I don't know about that, man. I just, I just listened to Michael and, and Poe. I mean, they've been in the league a, a pretty long time, and I've been watching them for a while, so whatever they tell me to do, I just, I just do it, honestly. Cheat at Uno? I cheat? At Uno? No. Josh Norman is the cheater. He had five cards in his hand. It went around. It got back to him. He had Uno. And no one knows how he had Uno. He stood up and all his cards fell out of his pocket. That's that's the real cheater. That's the real cheater right there. So that's how you cheated. That's how he cheats. We got it. I was wondering. I was yeah. wondering. I was like, how does one cheat at Uno? He, that's how he cheats. He just, he just hides cards. He keeps like, he keeps the cards underneath the table, and when he comes up, it's like less cards every time. So for him, how we play, like Vaughn makes him because Vaughn's basically our commissioner in the locker room. He makes sure the Uno game. He he got to reset the rules out. So we make Jano put all his cards on the table. He literally has to before he play because he'll he'll cheat. So yeah. what a pickup, Douglas. He and the Bills stay alive in the AFC East race and the playoff race in general with their win today over the Patriots. Happy New Year. I'm going to sign off for today. Thanks for being along. Week 18, we'll see you back here, hopefully, or on our local show during the week, including tomorrow, New Year's Day. We'll be here on WGR Sports Radio 550. Enjoy New Year's Eve. This is Mike Shope, and this is Buffalo Bills football. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 